Hello, and welcome to R Squared Empowerment Coaching's podcast with Randy and Renata. Today, it's our first podcast, so we're just going to explain to you a little bit about who we are, what we do, and what we're trying to help you with. Our values are helping, guiding, and empowering, and our mission statement is about empowering adults, parents, and children to navigate healthcare, mental health care, and educational systems. I'm Renata. And I'm Randy. And welcome. So we're just going to start with a little bit about why we came up with the idea to start this business with empowerment coaching. And then we're going to talk a little bit about our stories and hopefully in time, maybe you guys will share your stories with us too. Yep, that would be great. So first off, Renata and I, we met a few years ago when we were both working in the same building and we just sort of hit it off because she got me. Yeah, despite the fact that we're, um, there's 20 years between us, so we're from two different generations, but it's almost like um, we've just got so much in common. Mm -hmm. Even if we've done things like years apart, the fact of the matter is is that we have so much in common and we've done, um, we've done a lot of the same things. Exactly. And we've been through a lot of the same things. Exactly. So we started chatting and I had uh, just just come back from a leave of absence that I took at work for mental health because you'll hear us talk a lot about mental health and how important it is to talk about it and erase that stigma and when I got back from my leave Renata had went on a leave yeah and I was so sad and thought (laughs) oh no I'm never gonna see her again um but luckily a few months later she came back too yeah and we just we met I think it was in the parking lot it was like one of my first days back I think yeah or your wait it was one of your first back. It was okay. Yeah. Um, and it was it was in the parking lot. Yeah. And I gave you a hug. Yeah. Because I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I don't know if you're a hugger even, <laughs> and I'm not. But that's okay. Um, she got one anyway. Yeah, we were so happy to see each other. And then you you said that you were working. You just started talking about your poetry. Yep. And I started writing a book. So which is available on Amazon. Um, it's called Thoughts of a Wanderer. It's mental health awareness. So if you wanted to check it out, it's it's on there. Um, but I needed somebody's opinion. You know, should I keep writing this or am I crazy for doing it? And Renata said that she would help me edit it. So I was like, okay, come over to my house and help me. Yeah, and crazy is one of those relative terms that we use a lot. And we use it because one of the reasons that we use it is to sort of um, take the word back. You know what I mean? Take it back and give it give it our own meaning. We don't mean anything pejorative by it when we say it. Um, so I was totally excited about it, uh, and that was something else that we had in common because we talked about having having used poetry to get through depression when we were teenagers, right? Yeah. Um, so I said I would help. She said she would. You said you'd need somebody to edit it for you, and I said I can do that. I've done that before. So that's yeah. So then we're sitting at the house again. Yeah, we're sitting at the house one day editing the book, and I was like, "We should start a business together." And I immediately agreed, even though we had nothing, (laughs) no no idea what we're gonna do. We're like, "We should really, really do this." And I looked at her. I go, "No, like for realsies, I want to do that." (laughs) And I said, "Okay." And here we are, a year later, Uh and uh, we have started our business we've done a few workshops for for some groups and now we're expanding out into this podcast world that i hope that you're going to enjoy listening to us yes. talk about some different things <clears throat> 
So now that you know how the heck we got together, um, the whole reason that we chose Empowerment Coaching as the name for the business, well, first off, R-squared, right? Randy and Renata, right? two R's. Right, cute. Um, <laughs> so Empowerment Coaching, because it's not just about life skills or any one specific type of coaching. It's about becoming empowered to advocate for yourself, advocate for your children, um, self-care, to just feel better um, and empowered. Just it captured everything that we we wanted to do. We initially there was so much that we wanted to do, um, but the the umbrella <laughs> like it became huge. The amount of things that we could do that we wanted to do it was huge. So we we did have to narrow down a little bit yeah. because both of our backgrounds were in so- social work for a long long time. We have a lot of practical skills, so there was a lot that we could potentially do, but we knew we had to, you know, rein it in. So we decided to focus on empowering adults and parents, particularly with children who have um, neurodiversities um, or adults themselves who have neurodiversities like we do. And if you're sitting there wondering what the heck is neurodiversity, <laughs> because that's a like a ten dollar word, I could, I could almost not say it. <laughs> yep. So that ten dollar word right there just basically means learning differently. Your brain works differently, as opposed to saying that somebody has a disability. Um, they have neurodiversity. Their brain just thinks differently, learns differently, but we're people all the same. So that's a yeah, word. It's, it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just, it's a word. And it's we'll got no it negative lot. connotations. We will yeah. use it a lot. I'll, I'll learn to say it, I promise. <laughs> On the first try. <laughs> but I mean, it wouldn't be fun if we were always knew exactly what we we're saying all the time because we're real life people and we want you to know that we're real life people. So uh, another big reason that we made sure to narrow it down for parents or children or adults with neurodiversities is because... We ourselves are parents of children with neurodiversity. Yes, we are. So we're going to share a little bit uh, about our stories for that. And I'm sure in later podcasts, we'll delve a little deeper into each of our stories. But a little brief. You want to go first? Um, Sure. Um, I don't know how brief I can keep it. I'll try. Um, So... I had my child, I, I, was, I was considered of, of mature maternal age <laughs> when I had my child. Uh, I was about 38, and um, from the get-go, my, my son was pretty, there was something about him. He was pretty alert, difficult for him to go to sleep. Um, uh, I don't know what else to say. Stuff, I'm sorry. Um, well, so that's when he was a baby, and then as he got older, like, toddler years he seemed happy as a toddler um and and bright he spoke early he had a huge vocabulary so my assumption was that i that that i could teach him to read before school it would be not an issue at all because he was so bright so i i uh, had um, ordered the jolly phonics program and quite quickly i realized that there was something up Uh, my son who had this huge vocabulary and spoke like a little adult couldn't grasp the concept that like an S uh, was in the shape of a snake and it made this sound. He couldn't, um, couldn't grasp that concept at all. And initially I thought, Oh, he's being lazy. Oh my goodness. But, um, that wasn't it it at all. So once he started school and, and I think it was the first year that they started again with, um, 
I don't know if they called her pre-K. I can't remember now. But he was four. Oh, junior kindergarten. Junior kindergarten, okay. Um, so once he started at school, I did try to have conversations with his teachers the first couple of years of school. And they, they because those were largely play years, um, the teachers assured me that he was fine. Um, the one teacher told me that, you know, what he does is he puts Emery in charge, my, sorry, my son in charge of the class and goes for coffee breaks because my son could handle it, no problem. Which made me feel better, but not great because I knew I wasn't wrong. So anyway, fast forward a couple of years and his teacher in a parent-teacher meeting is telling me with anger that he can't read. Um, as in, like, what's his problem or what's your problem? Why can't your son read? And it was alarming. And I said to her, wow, why am I just hearing this now? Why didn't anybody listen to me? Do you people actually talk to the teacher from previous years? Or do you, like, do you, how do you learn about the children that come into your classroom? Anyway, long story short is the, we fast forward a couple more years and the, uh, the principal, I go to the principal and I ask for help with assessing my child. The principal says no, because he's not doing badly enough. So I pay for my own independent assessment, which did uncover a host of different uh, learning disabilities is what they were called. Um, and in the interim, you know, my son has now developed mental health issues, anxiety and depression, um, which the psychologist who performed his assessment said to me is understandable because at this point in time, his, um, he was no longer able to bridge a gap between what he could do with what he absolutely could not do. And I'm not going to get specific with what his yeah. uh, learning disability was or is. Um, but essentially, we did not get the accommodations that we needed despite fighting uh, so hard. Um, um, and that was in the Catholic school board. I did try to go to the public school board and I had the same experience. So currently, um, he's out of school, still dealing with mental health issues, um, and we're homeschooling. And that's kind of where we are in a nutshell. Um, so as you can hear, there's a lot of different things that Renata is going to be able to talk about and, and share with everybody. And that's kind of her background when it comes to being a parent of Mm-hmm. A child with neurodiversities. Mm-hmm. Look, I got on the first track. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> uh, I'm going to share a little bit about uh, my daughter, who is um, just a little bit younger than Renata's daughter, actually. Son. Oh, son. Sorry. Child. There we go. Yeah. Um, my daughter turns 12 next month. Um, so we're planning the big birthday party, right? <laughs> Um, So I had my daughter at what's considered a younger age. (laughs) Um, I had her at 18. So, yeah, 20 years years. apart and yet facing the same kinds of stigma and barriers to getting our kids what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, So my daughter, right from a very early age, always seemed like a really happy baby but never really cared if anybody else was around with her just kind of was in her own world she talked to herself all night long because she hated falling asleep unless I laid down with her which is still kind of uh, the routine and she just I never thought anything of it because I'm like oh she's happy okay she doesn't cry ever okay which actually is a little bit weird for a baby to not cry when they need something um so we'll fast forward school years kindergarten yeah, she got into some trouble, but most kids around the age, you know, four to six, 
they get into some trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And then grade three happened, which was the year that everything started sort of going downhill. I don't know what it is about kids. When they turn eight, it seems like they mature quite a bit from seven to eight, that eight-year-old birthday. Um, But my daughter did not. And you could clearly tell that she did not. So a lot of issues um, at school, a lot of meltdowns were happening. And when we're talking meltdowns, and we'll have a whole podcast, I think, on this yeah. one, um, the difference between a meltdown and a temper tantrum, because there is a significant difference yes. between those two. Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll share that. We're going to have another podcast about that. Um, but she would have meltdowns at home, at school, and they would become violent. So sometimes you'd have to restrain her um, depending on how extreme it was. And we have had the cops to the house numerous times over the years because there's nothing as parents that we can do because she needs more help than we can give her in that moment. Um, so we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, from grade three, she went to another new school in grade four, another new school in grade five, another new school um, last year, which did not work out very well. And then we ended up also homeschooling for a good portion of grade six um, because they weren't giving her the accommodations she needed because she is similar to Renata's son where she can, she talks to you like a little mm-hmm. adult. Mm-hmm. And so people forget that she has difficulties with learning or expressing her emotions or expressing her needs. It's really funny too how people will jump to the conclusion that the child is being um, lazy or purposely... Yeah, purposely defiant. Yes. Whereas that's not the case at all. Right. Um, It's that they're struggling in that moment. So in that moment, they're not capable of doing what it is that you've asked them to do. Um, patience is a virtue <laughs> and as parents of kids with neurodiversities I think we can all agree that we need to have endless supply of patience but I will be the first to admit that I do not always have an endless supply of patience but that is why self-care is going to be another topic that we cover because that's how we're going to get our patients back um, and so my daughter has been in and out of the hospital for mental health um, she's currently diagnosed with like 10 different things but um i think that's just because every time she goes into the children's hospital uh she comes out with something new which is not very helpful right but her main her main um diagnosis is autism um she is would be what we consider high functioning but that's another term that i really hate using and i don't know maybe we can explore that on another podcast too the the terms that we use to describe kids yeah why we feel the need to say oh is your child high functioning or low functioning um but she would be considered high functioning based on the fact that she can hold a conversation with you um she also has anxiety and depression um and sensory trouble again she was diagnosed with a lot of other things but um i'm not sure that those were helpful diagnoses as nothing new really came from them Um, When it comes to that psychoeducational that Renata was talking about for her son and having to pay for it, Mm -hmm. I have also asked the school before we started homeschooling three years in a row if they would do it for my daughter. The first year I was told she was um, too dysregulated. There is a word for it. Dysregulated to do it. The following year I was told that she was doing well enough that they didn't think she needed it. 
even though she was regulated. <laughs> and then last year, um, she had come out of the hospital for mental health trouble. Um, and the doctor had suggested getting a psychoeducational done to help her um, be able to do school better. Um, and they still refused to do it because now she was back to being too dysregulated. <laughs> So that must be, you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about the educational system. Like, I don't work in the educational system, but I'm just thinking, I guess that must be an out for them when they, when educators feel or administrators feel like they won't be able to help. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. But that because that's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, that that's really hard as a parent, because, yeah. especially when a doctor is saying, get this done. And you're like, yeah, get this done. And they still won't do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so currently my, do- my daughter is uh, getting treatment right now um, where she goes she goes to the place and stays there for the week and then she comes home on the weekends. And they will be doing that psychoeducational while Thank she's there. Goodness, finally. Yes. At least maybe, hopefully you'll be able to understand some of what's going yeah. on. And as a parent, it's not an easy choice. And I've seen articles or um, news reports or whatever where parents are crying for help because mm-hmm. they don't really want to send their child away to a residential treatment because it is the hardest thing to do to say, send your baby somewhere else, somewhere that could be hours away from your home. Um, in, in your our case, how far is it? It's about a two and a half hour drive. Yeah. And... So every Friday and every Sunday, I'm in the car for five hours, two and a half there and two and a half back, providing we don't hit traffic. Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard and stressful on the family as a whole, and the house feels kind of empty Mm -hmm. without her. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first couple days, I was walking around like, I I didn't know what to do because she wasn't here. Yeah. So as parents, maybe, I don't know, you can... Send us in some some stories about your your struggle, especially if you've ever had to make that decision. Do I send my child to residential treatment? Do I not? Um, because that is a really hard topic to talk about, and most people don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear the bad stuff. Right. We brush <clears throat> that under under the carpet. We all want to talk about those um, the sexy diagnosis. I just quotationed in the air. <laughs> I know you can't see that, so I'm telling you. Um, Right? There, there's always hot topics in the media. Autism, depression, <laughs> right, right? right? And, but they don't want to, they don't talk about everything. They don't talk about the violent meltdowns. They don't talk about when the kids are sent home, when they're serial suspended. Serial suspended, I like that one. Yeah, that's what an educational advocate told me when I talked to them, was that they were serial suspending my child. Yeah. yeah. It really stuck with me. Um, so those are the things that, the media doesn't want to talk about because people don't want to know the hard truths so we're going to talk about those yeah and i think i think randy's story randy lee's story has sort of highlighted if anything um the fact that there's such a lack of knowledge um in the educational system such a lack of resources and um at this point i'm not sure you know who 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 is finally or ultimately responsible for that? But um, it's shocking when you when you talk about it. When you, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, should I go to the public school? Should I go to the Catholic school?" And honestly, from from different people that I've heard, it's not about the school board. It's about the individual school and the individual principal often, at yeah, that school yeah. um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. 
So I, um, there's a, we wrote a book as well sharing more details about our stories too, which yes. will be released um, near the end of this year. It's called A Mother's Truth. Yeah. And it will be, um, it will be available via our website, right? Yeah. yeah, our website and it will be on Amazon. Um, our website is r2empowermentcoaches.com. Mm-hmm. If you ever wanted to find out more information or like I said share your stories with us send it um, you can send it through the website there's a contact button that you can use to send it to us and we would love to do read them and if you want us to maybe read them on a podcast let us know give us permission to do so because mm-hmm. we don't ever want to read somebody's story without their permission because sometimes maybe you just want to share it with just us but if you'd be willing to share it with the listeners we would love to do that for you um alternately you can find us on facebook um our facebook um page is r2 empowerment coaches and uh from from there or from the website you can also find us on twitter um we're we're getting the hang of this social media thing (laughs) so bear with us and we will we will slowly be able to share those different things with you we'll do our best to honor your stories um to put your messages out there um and we'll talk more about uh empowering parents empowering the individual and if there's ever a topic that comes to mind that you would love to hear us talk about and share about or if you have any questions about our story specifically feel free to send them in um and if we can if we can talk about them, then by all means, we will definitely do that and talk about them. So I think I that's, think that's good. That's good. Thank you so much for listening. And we're going to be posting these every other week. Yes. Um, so be sure to listen. We're going to have a special one next week because it's... Um, mental Health Awareness Week. Yep, Mental mm-hmm. Health Awareness Week. So we're going to be focusing on mental health yes we are um and then from there it'll be every other week so be sure to tune in and uh we look forward to talking with everybody thank you bye bye bye